Okay, so good evening, everyone. My name is Godfrey Magao, um, and I'm one of the elders here at George Jenstelis PM, uh, alongside Leonard um, and Mac, who is uh, still on a sabbatical, and then also Henry. Um, and it's a wonderful privilege tonight just to stand before you and to just share the Word of God with you. Um, and in the hockey somewhere at the back there, my wife, Buitumelo, is there with our little son, uh, the one who made me a father. Therefore, I can celebrate Father's Day today. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, it's quite amazing, and I, I must say that I felt small this morning. I woke up, um, and I didn't even realize that it was Father's Day, um, and then I was still lying in bed, um, and I just saw this uh, big paper bag just coming, and smiles, and just love, and hugs, and everything just from all sides, and it's really quite special uh, to wake up like that, and also just to realize the, the redemption work of God, um, that if you know my story, and how I grew up, and you know, the, just the pain that I had to endure, and just go through with not having my own own personal father, and how in this season of our lives that God is busy restoring that thing, you know, like, and, and showing me and teaching me what it means to be, a fa- to be a father, but also what it means for me to be a son and to be his son. Uh, so it's really quite a, a very, very, very special moment um, and a very special season for us, um, although there's been quite a lot happening um, and just uh, scary stuff happening and stresses and, and just all sorts of stuff um, happening, but uh, it's a privilege just just tonight again to just share the word of God with you. I am just going to pray for myself, and that's just because I'm always nervous when I get to preach. Uh, so I'm just going to pray for my own heart and just to slow down and just for to allow for God to do what He wants uh, to do tonight. Um, and maybe before I pray, I was just stuck with the sentence as I was busy preparing, what would happen if we would allow God to move however He wants to? What would happen if we allow for God to move however He wants to? You know, that even right now, just as we pray and prepare our hearts, that we can say, God, I am choosing right now to remove all my frames of what I think or how I think you're going to move tonight or what you're going to say, um, and, and that I'm allowing myself, in a sense, just submit myself to what you want to do tonight. Is that okay? To allow God to move however He wants to? Is that okay? Awesome. Let us pray together. So, Father, we just want to come before you right now, and we, we just submit to your ways, God. Lord, we submit to your presence. We thank you that you're here right now in this space. God, we thank you that your word says where two or three gather in your name, that you are in their midst. So even right now, God, we choose to just slow down. We choose to pause. We choose, Lord God, just to be aware of your presence and to be aware of the fact that you're here with us right now, God. And what a privilege, Lord God, it is for us to experience you, God, for us to hear you, God, for us, um, yeah, Lord God, just to experience you in whatever way that you want to just reveal yourself tonight, God. And I pray, Father, even as I just share this word right now, Lord, would you speak through me, God? Lord, would these not be my words, God? I pray that the words of my mouth, that meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, God, and that at the end of the day, you will do what you want to do tonight. We honor you, and we thank you for this time in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen and amen. So to be honest with you, um, I don't know what the title of my preach is going to be. So this is going to be one of those things where I'm going to preach. And then at the end, however the Holy Spirit wants you to make sense of what happened tonight, that uh, they would go that way. Is that okay? So this is just my confession to say I I honestly don't know what a title of the message is. But I'm hoping that as we go on that um, it'll make sense. Um, and that the Spirit of God would actually just come and minister just into our hearts. 
Um, so while I was busy preparing, I was, I'm so aware of the fact that um, the world at this moment is at a very volatile place. If you are following your news, you will see that our president, alongside six other African leaders, are right now in the Ukraine, and they are trying to mediate between uh, Ukraine and Russia and trying to see how can they can bring peace um, into, that, uh, into that space. But I think even as they are that side, that all of us can realize that the world is in a bit of a, uh, just a, a precarious or just a sensitive place. There's all sorts of stuff that are busy happening, that even when you look at the economy, that everything is plummeting. Um, there are a few countries right now that is a declared recession. And if you live in South Africa, it feels like we're in a recession, but we're not wanting to admit it. Um, you know, but I'm hoping that we don't get there. And if you are an owner of a house, you will know that five years ago, what you paid for for your house or when you're repaying your bond and what you're paying right now is an extreme amount, okay? So there's a lot of stuff that are busy happening. I think a lot of people, especially in your South African con uh, uh, context, are finding themselves in a very dark and a very difficult space. It doesn't, you know, just you don't have to go far to switch on the news to realize that even just a few couple of days, um, a lot of people are actually going through a very difficult time financially. If you look at what a bag of grocery costed even just two years ago, even a year ago, and what it costs today, you would see that it's a scary, scary picture of what people are going through. And I know that all of us in here are, you know, in a sense, while all of these things in the world are going on, I know there are, there are also very real situations that we're finding ourselves in places where maybe it's a bit difficult and places where, you know, you're wrestling with a bunch of stuff or maybe there's a brokenness or whatever it is that you're right now experiencing. Maybe you're in that place, you know, like where you're thinking, man, this is not one of the greatest seasons or one of the greatest times, you know, to be alive. And if I can just be honest, the past couple of weeks have been very difficult for, for me and my family. Um, you would know that in Feb, I was involved in an accident, and thank God that I'm alive. Um, and uh, it took about four or five months uh, for, for, for us to get our car back uh, from the dealership, you know. And, and even when you got it back, it wasn't what it's supposed to be. We're still waiting for parts. So it's been a very frustrating time. And then about two and a half weeks ago, I was at work and about to just facilitate something with leaders, and Tumi sent me a message and said, hey, my whole body is aching. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm sick, you know, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm about to right now minister to other people. I'm away from home for a weekend, and my wife is sending me this message, and, and obviously you can just think to yourself what's going on or what went on in my heart at that stage, um, and luckily God came through, and she got healed, and the next day she was herself again. We thank God for that. Uh, but then two weeks after that, um, our son um, uh, got sick again, you know, like, oh, he got sick and, and his, his, his chest tightened up and there was a place where he couldn't breathe. So we had to rush him to hospital last week, uh, last weekend, two weeks after my wife was sick. So I'm in this space, in a sense, feeling frustrated. You know, like feeling, God, but why are all these things happening? Um, and especially last weekend, it was very difficult because I'm again at work and these things are happening. And for three days, my little boy in his small body was in hospital. And you would know that if you're a, a parent in this place, that you would know that it's not a lack of feeling when your child is in hospital. You know, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh God, it's what, what, is, what is busy happening? How do I deal with these things? And I think there's sometimes when you go through these things where you might even feel like, yeah, nah, 
God, are you, are you even still with me? Like, do you even know what I'm going through? Like, are you, are you even acquainted with my feelings and my emotions and, and just what I'm feeling just inside of me? And, and I must say, you know, I'm an elder, so I need to be honest, you know, that, that you know, there's moments where I felt, but God, I, 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 I've surrendered my life to serve your people, to love on your people. You know, I, I have other people's back, but sometimes it feels like you don't have my back. You know, so these are all lies and things that I've just been mulling through my head as I've been going through these things. And I know that there's some of us here right now that are maybe likewise dealing with just situations where you're thinking, man, I'm dealing with these things for such a long time. You know, what, what's busy happening? How am I even going to come out of these things? God, does God even care? You know, do other people even care? How do I deal with all of these things? And I think if I can just maybe look at the scriptures that there's one man uh, that we read about in First uh, Kings uh, 17, 18, and 19, and this guy's name is Elijah. Um, and if you know the, the, the book of First Kings or the story of Elijah, you'd, you would know that in that specific time, Elijah sort of uh, experienced the, the extremes and the climaxes of what it means to be a prophet um, of God, but also the lowest of lows of what it means to serve God. And Elijah finds, Elijah finds himself in 1 Kings 19, specifically where he's going through a bit of a rough time. So just to give a bit of context is, he has just seen God move in the most incredible of ways. He's seen God literally just send fire from heaven. You know, I mean, it's undoubtedly one of the most powerful experiences that Elijah had at that stage of, of his life. And then out of this thing in 1 Kings 19, we see Jezebel sending a message to Elijah and saying, you know what, just like you killed all the prophets of Baal, you know, I'm going to see to it that I eliminate you myself. And we read in that scripture that Elijah then flees. He literally flees to a wilderness and he finds himself in a space where he's struggling with his emotions. I mean, it's so difficult where he says to God, God, it, it, it would even be better if you just took my life. He says, I, I don't even want to live. I don't even want to be here anymore. You can see that he's, a, he's at a very difficult place where he's filled with fear. He's filled with anxiety. He's hungry even physically. And, and he's just tired and timid. You know, and he doesn't know how is this thing going to happen. How is he going to come out of what he is busy experiencing? And likewise, maybe there's some of us here that are also in a place where you're feeling a bit lonely where you're feeling a bit, you know, there's a, a bit of fear, a bit of anxiety. There's a, you know, even, uh, I mean, suicidal thoughts and overwhelm. But we'll come to those things later because as I was busy preparing, I felt like in this place tonight, there are people who are also struggling with suicidal thoughts. And I'm really trusting that by the end of this evening that, that we pray for you and that God comes and that he breaks that thing in your life. So... As we, as we just go through these things, you know, or as we look at the, at, this, at the story of Elijah, I think, you know, there are moments in our lives where we're going through the realest just of situations in our lives where we don't think, you know, God even cares. And I'm hoping that tonight as we look at the scriptures that you will see even in the story of Elijah how God came in that lonely place and that place of anxiety, of fear, of just being in a desert and tired and hungry and all of these different things that he's experiencing, just being overwhelmed, how God ministered to him in that place and how God gave him strength to continue to do the work that he has called him to do. 
So I want to say, first of all, you know, if you're finding yourself in that space where I find myself maybe for the past couple of weeks, you know, to say that God, you know, cares deeply about you. I just want you to, tonight is going to be a very simplistic, simplistic message to say God truly cares about you. And maybe you're here, you've, you've, you've uh, maybe uh, uh, spent long times of your life just knowing God and being a Christian, and you've been a Christian for 10, 20 years or 30 years, however long it is, and you've maybe even forgotten to say God takes, He, 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 he cares about me. Because sometimes we, we are good to know that God takes care of other people and He loves other people and He's, and he's willing to move on behalf of other people, but sometimes it's difficult to think, you know, that God loves me. That he takes care of me or he wants to take care of me. So the first verse that I would like to just look at tonight is uh, just Isaiah 43 verse 1 to 3. So if you can just put it up. And we'll see that in this space as well, Israel found themselves in a very tough place. A place that was filled with wars and just different kings uh, just coming after them from all sides. It was also a place of just fear and anxiety and, and just overwhelming, you know, just feelings and so forth. And, and God comes through the prophet Isaiah and this is what he, what he says to Israel. He says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. I mean, how beautiful is that? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. How beautiful is it that God is using a very personal language in this time? It's almost like he's speaking to a person. It's almost as if Israel is, is God's wife and he's looking at Israel and he's saying, for, for you are mine and it doesn't matter what you go through. If you go through the waters, if you go through the rivers, if you find yourself at a space where you're overwhelmed, he says, fear not for I am with you. You know, sometimes we feel like things are going to consume us. You know, we feel like, God, we experience so many things, and it feels like I'm just going to be consumed by all of these things. And God tells Israel in that regard to say, you know what? Nothing will consume you. And the reason why nothing will consume you is because I am your God, and I will take care of you. I love you. I am with you. And, and even as you look at just different scriptures, you would find that in the scriptures, there, there have been a lot of people that you and I look up to who've, been, who've gone through very difficult situations and how God just time and time and time again just reminds them, you know, that, that I am for you, that I am with you, that you're not alone. Joshua, he's about to, to lead the children of Israel. He's, he's finding himself young and he's fearful. He don't know how he's going to complete this, this task. And God says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not fear, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. David in Psalm 23 that we all love, he says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. So if there's one thing that we can be convinced about right now, that even in our minds, if there's any lies and any, any doubts, if there's one thing we can be convinced about right now is that God loves us and that, is that God is with us and that we're not alone. Even though sometimes it might feel like we are alone. 
And a, and a, a different scripture we see, you don't have to put it up, Cookie. In Matthew 9, verse 35 to 38, Jesus is walking through a certain village in the Gospels, and he's seeing, you know, different people. He's healing, and he's touching, and, and doing all sorts of stuff in cities and villages. And it says that Jesus looked at the crowd, and they, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. He says they were harassed, and he had compassion on them. And I want to say likewise that God has compassion for you and I. God knows exactly what we go through. God knows exactly that the, the economy of South Africa is in a mess right now. You may be looking at your own financial position. You're thinking, God, how am I going to make it? I want to say that God knew of this even before you were born. And he wants to remind you today that I am with you. You are not alone, even though sometimes it might feel like that. I want to share a story in 2011. I went through a bit of a time and almost felt like an Elijah. I was in a season of my life where the previous year I was chased out of the house while I had to finish school on the streets. And then in my first year, I didn't have any textbooks. I lived in, uh, in Bloemfontein um, in, a, in a small colored community called Ashbury, which is about probably 10 to 12 kilometers away from campus. And I found myself in a space where I had to walk to campus and come back, you know, by foot. And uh, to top it all off, uh, July that month, in my first year, my mother passed away. And I found myself in the most difficult space of my life. Being a child of God, you know, laying myself down and laying my whole life down. And even the days before my mother passed away, I was leading an outreach. I was sharing the gospel. I was seeing people lay down their lives for the kingdom of God. You know, I came back from that outreach thinking, man, we've advanced the kingdom of God. We've taken land. You know, God's kingdom is advancing. And a few days after that, I receive a call that my mother had passed away. And I promise you, I have never ever in my life felt so lonely in my life. I have never in my life experienced a pain so deep as if someone, you know, was taking a dagger and, 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 and literally was, was not just, just, you know, putting it into my chest, but putting it in and almost like just like twisting around to make sure, you know, that I, I get the most hurt that I can have experienced in my life. And I remember just going through all of this and thinking, God, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make, I, I don't know, I, I don't even think that I want to be alive. Because I always said, you know, my, my mother was my best friend, and I always said the day that she passes away, I'm going to jump in that grave, and I'm going to just die with her. So I found myself in a very dark, dark, dark place. And I remember having my first birthday, the 16th of August in 2011, and just having these emotions of saying, God, I don't, I don't even want to be alive. I remember walking to campus that morning and thinking, this is the suckiest birthday that I've ever had in my life. Because it's the first birthday that I'm, ex that I'm celebrating with my, without my mother being here. And then when I came back from campus, um, and Koki, you can just get the image um, along just on the board. When I came back from campus, I remember someone gave me 100 rand and saying, Godfrey, um, here's just a gift, you know, for you. Uh, uh, and just buy whatever you'd want to buy yourself. And, and obviously, I was super, super broke, so I was very grateful for that 100 rand. And, uh, and I went to the, to the shop to go buy myself a 5 rand airtime voucher. And then I, I took this voucher, I know, it, it's a, I'm giving away my age right now. Um, I know we don't deal with, with things like that anymore. But I, I scratched this voucher, and then I was about to throw it away, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, God, we just pause and look at the voucher. 
And then I, I thought to myself, God, this is just an airtime voucher. I mean, what's special about this thing? And then uh, I realized this. Uh, so you would see that the last eight letters or the last eight numbers of that voucher is 1608 So I was born on the 16th of August, 1992. And, and in, that, in that moment, as I looked at this voucher, I just broke out in tears. And I felt, you know, God said, Godfrey, even if I have to do something as stupid as giving you an airtime voucher just to show you that I'm with you, I will do it over and over and over again. That even though your mother and your father may leave you, I, the Lord your God, will take care of you. For me, I, I carry that thing wherever I go because that is God's promise to me to say that he will be with me wherever I go, whatever I experience. I mean, what, what is the, what is the uh, those who are mathematicians in here, what are the odds of going to a tuck shop, buying an airtime voucher? I mean, there's millions of these things around the country. But at that specific time, God made sure that I would be the one that will buy this specific voucher. And I'm hoping that even as I share with you that, that, that you get to have your own story even right now in this season with what you are going through to say, God, I know that you are with me. I know that I'm not alone. But the beauty of this thing is, especially when you're part of the church, you know, I love the fact that God doesn't just remind us that he is with us, but he reminds us that I've put you into a family. So it's not just I will take care of you. It's not just I love you and I'm with you, but I've actually placed you into a family of people that also the, the, their obligation as well is to love you and to take care of you. Now, how beautiful is it that you and I have the privilege to be a part of God's family? That whatever we would go through, doesn't matter how big or small it is, that God has given us brothers and sisters in his family who loves us. How incredible is it? I mean, I remember even just going through, uh, uh, going through a lockdown and, and, and just uh, to me and I found ourselves in a very, very difficult financial position. At that stage, she was uh, uh, retrenched, um, so she didn't receive any salary. I was a full-time student, um, and all the projects that I was supposed to do, everything was wiped out. We didn't have any money whatsoever. And it took brothers and sisters in this house to say that we are going to make sure that you guys don't starve. We are going to make sure that you guys are taken care of. That's the family of God. That is what we've been given. That's a gift of God to you and I. That's the evidence that God loves you, that in this season and this time, He will put you into a family. And John 13, verse 34 to 35, just puts it so beautifully. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I mean, how beautiful is the scripture that Jesus says that the, the same way that I've loved you, I've called you to love like that as well. And we all know that the love of Jesus is a love that is sacrificial. In that he laid down his life for you and us so that we can have access to the Father. It's a life that, that doesn't say, what can I get? But rather a love that says, what can I give? 
So even as we are part of this family, I think all of our disposition and all of our hearts should be, how can I give instead of how can I receive? That yes, when I'm going through a difficult time, yes, you are called to receive in that time. But also there are seasons where other people are going through a rough time. And how do you position yourself to say, you know, God, I want to be an answer to their prayers. How are you going to use me to be a blessing to them? So God has given us the gift of being in a family, the gift of loving one another just like he has loved us. And I want to say if you're part of this church, this kind of love that Jesus speaks about, it's going to cost you something. It's, it is going to be inconvenient at times. Sometimes you're going to have to dig deep. Sometimes it's going to cost you to, to, to not be self-centered. A lot of times it's going to cost you not to look at your own interests, as the Bible said, but also rather to look at the interests of other people. And I'm hoping that even right now that all of our hearts, you know, that be sing in our hearts, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will give in however way that you want me to give. I will sacrifice in whatever way that you want me to sacrifice because I realize that when I go through those difficult times, it's also what I'm expecting other people to show to me. So this is the gift of being part of God's family. But here's this thing. I want to confess this afternoon to say that I, I struggle with something. Because I'm a hustler by mind and, and just how I grew up, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a donkey. I can carry a lot. I can, I can live without a lot. I can, you know, it's, it's just my mindset. You know, that, that's just how I, I grew up. And, and that thing actually steals away from my life, it steals away from God and it steals away to actually from you as a family. Because there's a lot of times that I go through stuff and, and I won't tell anyone. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of moments where I go through serious, serious stuff. And I'm ashamed, you know, to say that I'm not going to share this with anyone because I'm thinking I'm going to be a nuisance. I don't want to be a burden to anyone. But hey, Jesus says, you know, carry each other's burden, Right? This is what Galatians 6 verse 2 says. And I, I was convicted even when I was sitting with this to say, I, 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 need to, I need to make this right. Because here's what happens. I think there's actually quite a lot of us that, are, that struggles with this. That you go through stuff by yourself. And that you don't tell anyone in your calm. That you don't tell anyone in the church. But here's where it backfires. It, it, it becomes a thing where you are so isolated and so lonely. And when you are just overwhelmed with those feelings, you think no one in this church cares for me. You think no one cares. No one can see what I'm going through. But the thing is, you're not sharing with us. You're not opening up your life and saying, I'm struggling with this thing. And I'm realizing right now that this is one area in my life that God wants to tweak. To say that I've put you in a family, you're not an orphan anymore. I've, I've put brothers and sisters uh, around you to love you, to give. And, and obviously not to say that I should loathe for anything like that. But, but, but God has given me you guys. And God has given you guys me and my family, our resources, all of the things that we have at our disposal. We say our fridge is your fridge and your fridge is our fridge. And in a real sense, we need to allow each other to experience these things. It shouldn't be nice stuff that we just share about this is who we are as George Chen. But we need to live these things out. So I want to say that if you're here and you're struggling with stuff, or maybe it's not now, but I promise you there will come a time where you're struggling with something. I want to say God has placed you in a family. God hasn't put you in an institution 
God hasn't put you in a society or a dance club or whatever. God has put you into a family. Honestly. It's sort of a dance club, Leonard says. It is, actually. In worship, right? So, so I want to say, let's get over ourselves in a sense. Let's allow for God to rip the pride that we have in our hearts to say, I'm going to allow brothers and sisters into my life. I'm going to allow them into my struggle, and I'm going to allow for them to minister to me, to come alongside of me so that I can see the more of God and the blessing of God. Does that make sense? So we have a responsibility to, to, to play in all of these things. You know, Scripture says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, if you can just put it up. It says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So in a sense, we have the responsibility to take whatever we're going through and to cast it on Jesus and to realize that he has put us into family. So we need to allow other people to come in so that we can receive and experience the blessing of God. So Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30 says the following. It says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus just looking at his disciples, and he gives them an invitation. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we have a responsibility not just to cast our anxieties on him, but to respond to the invitation of Jesus as he says to you and I, come to me. I mean, there are, there are many, many moments where I struggle with stuff, and, and it almost feels like I move around with, with those stuff. Have you ever experienced that? Where you feel like, you know, you have a burden, you have a load on you, and it feels like everywhere you're going, you're just carrying this thing with you. You're not casting it upon God. You're not even, even, even just saying yes to the invitation that Jesus is given to say, come to me. I, I can deal with that thing. And I really believe that he's calling us, you know, to say that I, I'm a father. Yes, I'm a savior. Yes, I'm Lord. Yes, I'm king. Yes, I'm all of these things. But also, especially today, in, you know, in Father's Day, you know, God is saying, I, I am your father. And you're not meant to carry your load alone. You're not meant to, to carry these things, heavy things with you wherever you go. Just like what Elijah experienced, how he, he just carried these things with him. God is saying to us, you are not meant to carry these things alone. So I want to invite you tonight, in a sense, into God's family. I want to invite you into God's blessing. I want to invite you, you know, to, to the life that God has called us to live. It says that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that you may experience life and life in abundance. And one of the ways that we experience this life in abundance is by being part of God's family. It's by being part of God's church. But we're never going to experience that abundance if we allow pride to take hold of our hearts and we lock ourselves up to say, I'm not going to share with anyone what I'm going through. So I feel like in a sense, God is asking of us, you know, just to surrender this evening once again. 
I feel like there's some of us who are carrying loads with us. And for some of us who've carried things for many, many, many years or for a long time, and you've walked around with these things, and I feel like tonight God's saying, man, I, I have an appointment with you. And I'm calling you to disclose these things. I'm calling you to share with a brother or a sister what you're going through. And I'm calling you to, to just lay these things down, to cast them, because I am your God and I care for you. So this is probably the, the shortest message that you will hear me preach. Leonard can tell you that I've, I've, I've preached yeah, for, for a very long time and I've, uh, God has done a lot of work in my life with regards to that. I, lo I love speaking, so, it's, uh, so I need to, you know, just uh, withhold myself. So can, can I just ask that we all just stand up? So if you can just ask, Greta, can you just maybe just be on keys? So if you can just maybe close our eyes where we are. So I just felt a couple of words um, that I just want to lay out there. And I want to say if, if this is you and you, um, in a sense, can identify with what I'm going to share right now. I'm, I'm going to ask tonight that we just leave pride at the door. That we just put it aside and say, man, I, I want to be free or just whatever it is that God or the Holy Spirit might put in your heart right now. That you say, I, I, I honestly just want to come and, and I want to just... just just want God to just take some stuff away from me in a sense. So as we start this, I felt, you know, specifically that there are some of us in here that have been struggling with suicidal thoughts for a very long time. And I'm going to ask that every eye be closed, that no one looks around. I don't want to put anyone on the spot or make a show or anything like that. I want to ask that every heart in here right now that we engage with God that we open up our hearts and that we allow for the Holy Spirit to come and search our hearts and to show whatever it is that He wants to show. So I feel like there's been some of us for a very, very long time that have struggled with mental, you know, toughness issues and you've struggled specifically with suicidal thoughts that the enemy has plagued you in a sense with thought after thought after thought of saying, I don't want to live anymore. I don't think I can make it for one day anymore. So I'm going to ask if, it's, if that is you right now, would you kindly just, just slip up your hand? No one is going to judge you right now. Thank you for those hands. If you can just keep those hands just, just up. We want to make sure that we, we, we just trust God and we, we minister to you tonight. We allow for the Spirit of God to come and to do what He wants to do. And can I ask that some of our leaders will just, uh, just for a couple of seconds, just close your eyes, just go stand um, just next to a person while the rest of us are just engaging with God. So I'm just going to, I want to give it a moment. So if, if that is you, maybe you've had some of those thoughts. I, I promise you, not yourself. There are at least six hands that are raised up right now of people who struggle with it. I want to give you an opportunity right now. I feel like the Lord wants to take that thing away from you. So don't be ashamed. Don't allow pride to keep you away from just being bound up in chains as Martha shared earlier. So if that is you, just, just slip your hands up. I want to make sure that everyone in here is covered. Just slip your hand up. So I'm going to ask that just all of our leaders that are standing with someone now, would you just, uh, just pray for them? Would you just minister to them whatever word that God would give you right now for those people? I pray, would you even, even in a sense, would you war on their behalf? And would you trust right now that God will come and that will rip those things away? 
and that people will experience the life that Jesus would want them to experience right now. So Father, we just want to come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we trust right now, God, that you will minister by your spirit to every heart, God. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for every person right now in this place that are struggling with suicidal thoughts. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, would you just right now fill them with your love, God. I pray right now, Father, would you fill them with intimacy, God. I pray right now, God, would you move closer to them, God. I pray would they they experience your nearness and your closeness, God. I thank you that your word says, Lord God, in Psalm 34, that you are close to those who are brokenhearted. So, and I pray right now, Father, would you embrace them, God. Would they experience right now the love of the Father. God, your word says that for freedom you have saved us. And I pray that right now, God, that people will move into freedom. That they will move into the life that you have for them in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for every darkness, Lord God, to be removed. Father, I pray even for the source, Lord God, of those thoughts to be destroyed in the name of Jesus. God, and I I pray, Father, would you just give them the ability, Father, to arrest, Lord God, to take captive every single thought, God, that that is plaguing them in this time. I pray, would you minister to them, God. Father, we thank you for their boldness. We thank you for their courage. Lord God, just to admit tonight that they're struggling with this. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, would you do your work through your spirit even right now, God. Even right now in the name of Jesus. So you can just continue ministering to them. And then a second group of people, I felt like there are people, as I said earlier, who just in a sense have experienced just a, maybe there's something you've been holding on to for a very long time of your life. It's something that you've been struggling with or something that you feel like is weighing heavy. Um, just on, on your shoulders, you know, something, whether it's financial, whether it's a, a sickness, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but I feel like there's some of us who for, for a very long time, you've just been walking around with stuff on your shoulders that has been just burdening you, and, and you don't know how to, to how, how to in a sense, get rid of that, but I felt like tonight specifically that as you, you know, just open yourself up tonight and go to a brother or a sister today to say, this is what I'm struggling with, that even in that, your breakthrough is going to so can I ask just once again that every person in this place just close your eyes where you are just close your eyes and if you can identify with just what I shared right now that you feel like you've been walking around with something that has weighed heavy on you for for a very long time you know and you're saying that I'm struck I, 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 I'm tired and I'm you know to, to just deal with this thing to carry it wherever I go would you just slip up your hand wherever you are just slip up your hand Can I ask likewise that some of our leaders will just come alongside those people? Just to minister to them, just to pray for them, to trust on their behalf. 